So, three monks decided to practice meditation together. They sat by the side of a lake and closed their eyes in concentration. Then suddenly, the first one stood up and said, I forgot my mat. He stepped miraculously onto the water in front of him and walked across the lake to their hut on the other side. When he returned, the second monk stood up and said, I forgot to put my other underwear out to dry. He too walked calmly across the water and returned the same way. The third monk watched the first two carefully in what he decided must be a test of his own abilities. (laughs) Is your learning so superior to mine? I too can match any feat you two can perform. He declared loudly and rushed to the water's edge to walk across it. He promptly fell into the deep water, undeterred. The yogi climbed out of the water and tried again, only to sink into the water. Yet again he climbed out and yet again tried, each time sinking into the water. This went on for some time as the other two monks watched. After a while, the second monk turned to the first one and said, Do you think we should tell him where the stones are? So uh, tonight I hope to talk about the stones. <laughs> you know, uh, in the, this practice, um, there are really some very fundamental pieces to all this that um, I feel is so important. To, in some ways, I know it's a rather a kind of complex piece, is this uh, what, the, what is known as the kind of the wheel-dependent origination. Uh, and yet, it's so fundamental uh, to uh, insight in how it works. So, um, I was going to say Baba, but actually Buddha. Uh, you know, profound Ananda is dependent arising. And it appears profound. It is through not understanding, not penetrating this law that the world resembles a tangled skein of thread, a woven nest of birds, a thicket of bamboo, and reeds that man does not escape from the heavy emotional realms of existence, from states of woe and perdition, and suffers from the Rounds of becoming. So, pretty straightforward, huh? You know, I was thinking here as I was untangling this uh, little microphone, I was going, oh, this is, uh, you know, right propos for our human uh, condition. So, I wrote a poem uh, about this dependent origination and, uh, you know, in some way how to, it's a kind of a disassembly process and seeing uh, uh, how we get caught because it's really about uh, suffering and uh, how it uh, comes and goes in its cyclic nature. 
you know, we use the word samsara uh, as that kind of turning uh, of this wheel. The small crack before the flames ignite the world. Sitting close to the breath, a voice hesitant and trembling a little. Is there a choice here or is it just habit? Bamboozled by a world turning too fast. It's such a small movement how life's marvels lead to this moment's hesitation. How easily our wings could catch fire or help us soar above this meditation hall. Oh yes, a small crack revealed, rising and floating in the midst of our own mind. Can't you tell the difference, sir, between being pulled into or being pushed away? Oh my, this slight stumble, caught again entranced by this cycle of becoming. Weeds floating on the surface, knowing somehow the weeds keep reproducing themselves. This is about insight, courageously studying the laws of grasping, befriending the truth of this dependent origination knowing some days I wish I didn't know or couldn't know. Yet readiness for quiet brings me down to my knees, a moment where I don't choose liking or disliking, but sit in the center of longing without movement. The sky slowly begins to open, recognizing that resting in that crack between worlds brings the blessing of an adult mind and the heart of a child held with ease, freeing oneself, this bright mind illuminating this impermanent world. That's enough. You know. So I wanted to uh, kind of start here. It's a little bit of story. And um, I was going to say, my, my grandparents had a funeral home uh, in Kansas. And so I kind of got accustomed to, you know, I'd sneak in and, and you know, touch the cold and uh, get kind of uh, familiar in some ways with that. And uh, when I go on retreat um, in my uh, kind of private world uh, behind the Himalayas uh, up on the high uh, plateau there, uh, the place I go to sit, um, there's kind of a circumambulation I do every day. And um, uh, they're the charnel grounds. You know, and so I walk down through uh, these charnel grounds, and on the left they they kind of bring all the 
you know, dogs and horses, and, and it's, it's dry, dry desert, so they dry out pretty fast, but there are all these kind of dogs that come, and, and uh, it's kind of, that part's kind of the scary, you know. And then on the other side is where they burn the bodies, you know. And um, this last time I was there, uh, I guess, you know, sometimes we get infatuated by something, and uh, there was uh, some blonde hair and some, a small person. I kind of thought it was a, a Western woman. And they didn't burn her body by all the others. And they usually break up the bones and stuff. And, they, uh, and she was kind of in a fetal position. And there'd been this flood and, and uh, a lot of deaths. And um, I got attached, you know. And uh, there was this, you know, it was kind of like I'd come down and it was, it was sort of like, oh, this is her, but this is me, you know. And somehow this recognition that, you know, uh, where does this all go, you know. And so she was just, or he, I don't know what, it was just a small person, you know. Um, uh, the bone structure and stuff, and they didn't break the bones up, so you could kind of see the whole uh, kind of body in this fetal position and, and I would go to walk down there, and, and for some reason, um, I mean, sometimes I, uh, it's kind of very removed in some way, but somehow there was identification there with uh, how that is, you know. And so in this, it's really this uh, process, and it's really, I think, sometimes when we look at the wheel of dependent origination, uh, I don't mind starting at the end, you know, because the twelfth is is actually death, in some way. And so, in a sense, uh, if you're going to look at this, you have to also look at uh, well, why would I look at this? Because uh, this is uh, happens to all of us, you know. This is not uh, something uh, just for some. Uh, this is for all of us. I like this from, uh, this is Bhikkhu uh, Kantipalo. The not understanding of dependent arising is the root of all sorrows experienced by all beings. It also is the most important of the formulations of the Lord Buddha's enlightenment. For a Buddhist, it is therefore most necessary to see into the heart of this for oneself. This is done not by reading about it or by becoming expert in scriptures, nor by speculation upon one's own and other concepts, but by seeing deeply into a dependent arising. In one's own life, by coming to grips with it through calm and insight in one's own mind-body, So, description here. I would like to uh, kind of venture into this. And um, uh, there, there's a lot of little pieces, parts to it. So uh, I'll just, um, I think I'll just uh, jump in and we'll see what happens uh, with it. So yes, uh, it is uh, first, I think, this awareness that the kind of the, this wheel, which is this uh, 
they use the language of samsara, the cyclic existence, uh, just keeps turning uh, due to the fact that there is uh, this simple truth called ignorance. You know, and in the classical uh, format, it's uh, not aware of those of the first of the two noble truths, you know, of suffering and uh, its causes. And the causes here are uh, part of the understanding of the wheel of dependent arising. So ignorance, you know, did it start somewhere? You know, the Buddha said it ends somewhere, but he also spoke of it as uh, beginningless. It's something that has just, uh, due to causes and conditions, uh, keeps uh, creating itself over and over. And uh, due to that fact that uh, this conditioning that kind of recreates itself in this cyclic uh, what uh, formula in some ways that the Buddha kind of pointed at, that there are uh, a series of uh, steps here that is looking into uh, how this moment came to be. You know. So the first of these are really based on uh, looking at the construction of um, how this appeared. You know. So in the tradition they talk about first there has to be this um, ignorance and this ignorance then uh, it has to have uh, some uh, pressure behind it. And in the, the kind of view of, um, there's kind of two, I, I like images, and there's two particular images that they use uh, for ignorance itself. And uh, one of them is uh, an old uh, blind woman uh, with a cane walking through a, 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 a petrified forest uh, with bones on the ground, you know. And uh, there's another description, an older description, uh, which uh, comes um, of a um, uh, a camel, uh, and a camel uh, being a creature that can just kind of take on all the uh, the journey uh, through the desert, and, and uh, really as an example of um, persistence and and uh, continuousness. And they say that the, uh, there is uh, someone who's leading the camel. And in that particular version of it, the earlier version, uh, they say it's craving. You know, so I'm just trying to give you some images here uh, to hold how this works. You know, uh, There's another um, description that uh, I like, was uh, that the old woman who's blind uh, who is walking through this, um, uh, and sometimes it's a river that's poisoned. And they say the river is poisoned. Uh, why? You know, through the ignorance itself. And we know this just from, you know, how we treat uh, the earth and, and all the, you know, ways it is. And that uh, we are actually poisoning uh, ourselves. And that one of the, the description of the old woman with the cane is actually there's a little child. In a sense, it's innocence uh, without wisdom, uh, leading one. 
No. So these are just different descriptions that I'd like to, you know, I sort of like uh, pictorial descriptions. So that's the primary piece here that we just uh, are, um, what, uh, uh, if we begin to recognize that's the force behind this, that, that ends in this, you know, death, then uh, we begin to look at the components. And the first of these components uh, is uh, known as volitional um, formations. And in the pictorial piece of volitional formations, uh, there is a potter. And that potter, uh, you know, sometimes he's completely there and he makes perfect pots. And other times he's kind of not so there and uh, he uh, makes pots that break. You know, and so the description is, oh yes, these are the karmic formations. We are kind of, uh, we don't know which one's going to be. You know, and these are the kind of volitional formations uh, that hold us. I, uh, see where that went. I like this side for some reason. Uh, one of those favorite, it's a point from Rilke. No one lives his life disguised since childhood, haphazardly assembled from voices and fears and little pleasures. We came of age as mass. Our true face never speaks. Somewhere there must be storehouses where all these lives are laid away like suits of armor or old carriages or clothing hanging limply on the walls. Maybe all paths lead there to the repository of unlived things. So we have uh, volitional formations, you know, which are so, um, you know, it is the, you know, um, this is not in our, at this point in our control, they just are, are the, the forces uh, that are generating. And uh, they come from, you know, beginningless beginning and capture us, you know, and because uh, of the ignorance and the fact that there are volitional formations, there are uh, things that are kind of pressing uh, from, you could say, the past. Um, then at that moment, uh, there is, uh, they say, is the kind of consciousness or um, this... Uh, uh, and this is momentary consciousness I'm talking about. Uh, something that uh, arises and passes away. And one of the uh, pictures, uh, uh, depictions of it, is there's a monkey. And there are two kind of uh, pieces to it. One of them is a monkey uh, jumping from tree to tree. You know, So it's always, uh, in a sense, uh, it never kind of rests. Uh, it's always uh, jumping from object to object. Uh, another description is actually a monkey inside of a building. And, uh, and uh, it'll 
kind of makes sense after the next description, is this monkey is, is jumping from window to window. You know, and if you notice, you know, part of our experience is that uh, when uh, we try to kind of calm our attention and see uh, what consciousness is doing, uh, it actually, uh, in a sense, kind of has its own, um, it is volitional forces, you know? So how many moments do you say, like right now, in hearing or thinking or, you know, scratching your butt or something, you know? There's just this continual process of this consciousness uh, jumping from thing to thing, you know. So we have this kind of ignorance. We have uh, these volitional forces, formations that are kind of pushing us along, which then have this uh, consciousness, uh, which is, uh, in a sense, being ignited. And being ignited, they say, then it's, there's this word namarupa, which... Uh, is just described as mind and body. And the mind and body, it's, uh, you know, it's not so simplistic because it, it's also referred to as the khandas or skandas in the sense that when Pascal spoke the other night, that there are these uh, five aggregates, you know, these five streams that uh, in essence are this mind-body that uh, is, uh, you know, it is not self, but it, uh, in a sense, uh, we get lost in it. And so the mind-body uh, is then created uh, due to the formation, the ignorance, the formation, uh, the volitional formations. Then if you have consciousness, then you have uh, this mind and body and you have uh, the skandhas. It's interesting, you can't, you can't take one of these uh, skandhas, <laughs> one of them away. So you can't say, oh, there isn't consciousness or there isn't uh, mental formations or there isn't uh, perception uh, or feeling uh, or form or body. You you can't separate these things out. They come as a package. Otherwise, uh, uh, this wheel of dependent origination doesn't work. Okay? Now, uh, at this point, this uh, kind of um, mind-body, which is described, again, I love these descriptions, of um, there is someone out in a boat, and they say sometimes you'll see uh, kind of renderings of this where there's, uh, there's uh, one uh, who's um, paddling and one who's steering, and they say, you know, kind of body and mind. You also see it where uh, there uh, three others. So there's actually the five skandhas or skandhas uh, that are uh, uh, that arise due to uh, the karmic formations, you know, or volitional formations. And as that is there, then there is this, uh, you know, once that's there, then there's this um, recognition that uh, when there is the skandhas, there is uh, the, uh, what we know as the six senses. And so in the description of it, it is uh, this, uh, the five windows, you know, this monkey's kind of 
uh, bouncing off of. And a door, and I always think the door is uh, double-hinged, and it's the mind, you know, go in and out. And um, our practice is uh, very much, you know, kind of described sometimes as, as we have to kind of put one chair in the center. And that um, the, uh, you know, the objects uh, uh, inside and outside uh, entrance us and kind of pull us away from that single uh, place in the center. And entrance us to uh, because of the consciousness which is uh, jumping from sense door to sense door, that we get entranced by that. And then uh, somehow uh, believing it, you know, uh, we, we leave. We go out through one of the senses, you know, or through the mind. And, um, and really begin to see that there are really uh, kind of three fundamental things going on. Uh, There is this relative consciousness uh, which is arising with every, uh, with the sense doors themselves and then also with objects. So there are actually kind of three things going on. Uh, The consciousness, uh, the, whether it's the eye uh, or the ear or the nose, or the uh, taste buds, or the body sensation, or thoughts. You know. And they are uh, constantly uh, in motion. You know. uh, kind of recognizing this kind of impermanent phenomena. And our practice here is to begin to first, uh, you know, in settling down, we begin to slow this process down so we can see in some ways that uh, it's not you're going to necessarily catch the consciousness, but you can get, oh, at the, you know, seeing or hearing or tasting or smelling or body sensation or thought that we can be there for it because it's this uh, recognition uh, uh, an understanding of it, then, then um, you know what allows us to come back and sit in the center. And uh, even though we're always drawn away, there is uh, this practice of uh, kind of settling into that. Now, when there are six senses, you know, and um, you know, uh, then uh, there is. Uh, a thing called uh, contact. So um, that's where that the objects, uh, internally and externally, uh, uh, in a sense, get uh, what um, they can't be avoided. You know, uh, you have to recognize that that contact happens, and that contact. Uh, they talk about the, in the in the kind of pictorial description uh, is a kiss, you know, that there is that contact, and when that contact is there, then there is um, the next one is just uh, described as uh, feeling. Okay, so this is kind of the uh, the seventh place that this happens. 
And uh, in the tradition that uh, feeling, uh, now you have to understand, uh, they were rather literal in some of their uh, pictorial views. And it was a, uh, because of the sensitivity, was actually an arrow in the eye. <laughs> you know, and um, just how sensitive the eye is. And so the description was, oh, that, that, that was the contact, uh, that there was a contact and then there was feeling. And feeling uh, from this perspective is pretty simple. You know, uh, it's either pleasant unpleasant, or neither pleasant nor unpleasant, or sometimes neutral, and there's quite a bit of that. But uh, those flavors right there, right there is the, in a sense, um, you know, uh, uh, Reggie Ray had this line that all spiritual practice is somewhere between contact and grasping. You know, right there in between. And what's in between? contact and grasping, feeling. You know, uh, the word Vedana. Uh, and that our job here, in some ways, all this other stuff, these seven things that happened before that, are, uh, the, in the sense, they create this moment. You know, the five skandhas are in, you know, are there. The senses are there. Uh, the contact is there. And at this moment, um, that feeling uh, when can, when we don't get it, and this is really, I'm staying somewhat in the negative because I'll come back to this, is right there, uh, there is grasping. You know, and traditionally uh, in the grasping and the kind of some of the Tibetan pictorial, it's someone drinking beer, you know. This kind of ties in with a Trudy stock last night, <laughs> Uh, that there is that uh, grasping, uh, and um, then at that point, you know, there's the, this craving, excuse me, craving, and then there's uh, this clinging and attachment that happens, you know. So these next two are uh, interesting because the craving itself uh, is uh, that uh, somehow uh, it's not enough at that point when we experience, either pleasant or unpleasant. You know, one of my uh, teachers used to have this, every morning, every morning he'd get up and we'd go in and we'd kind of do this chanting and stuff. And he would, uh, he would say, um, life is like a snake. And you kind of go, oh, God, this again, you know? <laughs> and he would say, uh, if you grab its head, it bites you. Uh, and that's like aversion. And if you grab its tail... Uh, it's like pleasant. It will bite you later. <laughs> you <know? laughs> it's like, oh gosh, come on. You know, but it was really, you know, it was just one of those things you kept repeating over and over and find it kind of sinks. I think all of this stuff is like that, isn't it, a little bit? We're kind of slow, or at least I'm really slow, and you know, I have to hear it over and over. I, I remember once I figured I had, years ago, I heard the same Dharma talk 60 times, you know, in my early years, probably before I was 30, that... Uh, S.N. Goenka, you know, and it was very, um, what do you call it? They were, um, he almost did it verbatim, you know. Same stories and everything. I always laughed and thought they were great, and you know. And I realized that, uh, you know, it's really more, uh, that's so interesting about this practice. It was really not so much about what was going. It was sometimes just a sentence that I would get some insight into. 
that uh, worked, you know, from the actual practice's point of view. So, craving. Uh, when it's there, uh, it turns into uh, grasping or attachment. You know, and, and the pictorial description of this is um, someone out picking fruit, you know, and that uh, there are all these baskets and they're already full and they keep putting more and more uh, on the basket and they just keep falling off, you know, like there's enough. But uh, this kind of conditioning and this habit uh, is uh, this truth of uh, kind of attachment and um, uh, grasping, you know. So at this point, uh, you've, in a sense, uh, through the craving and uh, grasping, you have committed yourself. Okay? So uh, when they say that uh, we've gone through that, then there's a word that's used, and I really like it, becoming. You know? That suddenly becoming happens. You know? And um, uh, becoming, uh, in the kind of in the pictorial view of it, is a woman that's pregnant. You know? It's already happened, you know, and now it has to go through its stages. And so uh, our practice at that point is that, you know, oh, uh, being able to recognize we don't, you know, it is, we've caused a run and we will, that has to, in a sense, kind of complete itself. So, if becoming's there, then birth is there. So that's traditional in the, you know, kind of a, a woman having a child at birth. And if there's birth in this wheel of dependent origination, then uh, there is the truth of uh, old age, sickness, and death. You know, that's the completion. You know. And the thing is that you can, you know, you could see this, and there are many different approaches to this. Uh, but to see it as momentary peace, this way I like to look at it. That uh, in every moment, uh, this is in essence kind of uh, creating itself. The first seven are due to the past; uh, they arise, and that there is this, you know, uh, I use it the small crack, and the small crack uh, is the place where the Buddha was pointing at in the sense of this is the place of wisdom. This is the place where um, you could say there is um, wisdom or uh, choosing, you know. And um, sitting close to the breath, a voice hesitant and trembling a little. Is there a choice here, or is it just habit? Bamboozled by a world turning too fast. It's such a small movement. 
how life's marvels lead to this moment's hesitations. How easily our wings could catch fire or help us soar above this meditation hall. Oh yes, a small crack revealed, rising and floating in the midst of our own mind. Can't you tell the difference between being pulled into or being pushed away? It's not too fancy, you know, but it's such a, and almost a, like a hair's breath there, where uh, we choose, in a sense, that um, uh, this, these kind of aggregates and the, these five streams that uh, uh, deceive us about um, who we think we are and how it works in some way. In our practice, is that when we sit and um, uh, we feel, you know, for me, so much of my uh, practice has, is somatic. And so there's, in a sense, kind of being uh, pulled forward out of the kind of center uh, into some kind of wanting or, or grasping or uh, craving, you know. And that can be craving for or against anything, you know. And our practice is that we have to have the, uh, you know, really the sensitivity uh, and the recognition that if we just stay, you know, we don't move towards it or we don't move away from it because that, again, keeps this samsaric wheel uh, generated and fuels it in some way. And our practice here is actually to break it you know, uh, right at this point where uh, the, that feeling of pleasant or unpleasant or uh, that neither pleasant nor unpleasant, that we actually, this is our practice place. You know, and when you kind of feel that push and pulling, there is this practice of just, uh, you know, relaxing, of, of, of saying, no, I'm not going there. You know, and that when you and you have to do this over and over and over, you know. And But every time uh, that there is, uh, every time you actually don't move, your habits are to move towards or away from, but every moment that you don't, you begin to, in a sense, untangle what the Buddha was talking about in the sense of, you know, uh, these uh, undoing the tangles of the tangles, you know. And as we begin to uh, recognize them, which is uh, really what the wheel of dependent origination is based on, that when we begin to recognize that little, that little crack and say, you know what? Uh, if I don't move, what does it feel like if I don't move? And each of you is actually experimenting with this. You know, I know you get caught in stories and all sorts of uh, garbage, you know. Uh, that's... That's, I don't know, that's just part of the wheel of dependent origination, you know? Habits and stories and, and um, you know, beliefs and, and um, you know, right and wrong, good and bad and happy, sad, all that stuff, you know? But there is this practice of, in, in essence, kind of not moving. And yet, you know, 
the consciousness itself is moving at tremendous speeds, uh, trying to, you know, pull you, uh, pull you towards the sense door and the objects of the sense door. You know, and our practice is just okay. Can you just kind of sit back a little? You know. I think there's a peace in this, you know, for me anyway, in that place, if I can stay for a little time uh, without moving uh, kind of forward or backwards or any place and just kind of sit there in the middle of it all, you know, that um, there's a simple thing uh, that I think the Buddha was uh, pointing at. And he, he said that if you don't move towards or away from things and you just sit there, that there is uh, something that is holding all this, you know? And uh, you could say, oh, it's just uh, non-suffering, or uh, you know what suffering is, so you don't move in it in some ways. Uh, But there's also peace, you know? And peace is your birthright. It is something that has always, in some way, uh, been yours. And yet this wheel of dependent origination has constantly pulled you away from recognizing uh, the, your capacity uh, to, to uh, free yourself. from uh, the Venerable Suzuki Roshi. You know, I was going to say, here's a a little quote from him that I really love. How much ego do you need? Just enough so that you don't step in front of the bus. (laughs) He had a good sense of humor, but this is more serious on on the... Kind of his. uh, When you are practicing zazen, do not try to stop your thinking. Let it stop by itself. If something comes into your mind, let it come in and go out. I always call this kind of the Teflon mind, you know, it just lets it slide by. It will not stay long. When you try to stop your thinking, it means you are bothered by it. Don't be bothered by anything. It means by anything. It appears that something comes from outside your mind, but actually it is only waves of your own mind. And if you are not bothered by waves, gradually they will become calmer and calmer. Many sensations come and many thoughts or images arise, but they are just waves from your own mind. Nothing comes from outside your own mind. If you leave your mind as it is, it will become calm. Beautiful, you know, kind of. So, good luck with that. You know? You know? It's... uh, and we're amazing uh, kind of creatures. You know, I was thinking some 40-some years ago, and I have to say this, that 
um, this, my teacher at the time said, uh, well, you're, you should go and study the Wheel of Dependent Origination. And I'd been, I don't know, I'd been six weeks in retreat or something. And, and um, there was, this was in Dalhousie, India, and um, kind of up in the Himalayas there. And, and uh, the mayor of the town, Jutla, uh, uh, said, well, I have a little, uh, this little building, a concrete building with bars on the windows. Uh, and he said, well, you can come and, and uh, do a self-retreat there. And I said, oh, great, good, okay. So I thought, oh, well, uh, and there was, in the time, the only thing I could find was a little wheel publication, do you know, from Sri Lanka, these uh, little um, booklet on the wheel of dependent origination. And so every afternoon I would kind of read through the list and, and for 10 days, I never got it. You know, it was like, wow, what's he talking about? You know, and it's really this uh, truth is that, um, you know, at that time, and I kind of thought, oh, you know, I'm just too thick and I can't get this. It's just too much stuff, you know, and it's, it's got to be simpler in some way for me, you know, maybe just one thing, you know, and the truth is it is just one thing, you know, it's that place of feeling. You know, um, but it all generates itself. So it's this, you know, seeing that word they use, samsara, it just generates itself over and over. And uh, we have some choices here, you know. Uh, and you have awakening. It is right with you, you know. And that's what's so sweet about this. It's not like, you have to run after it or, you know, some spe- all you have to do is, you know, sit and kind of listen and kind of get how you move, you know, and move towards things, away from things, and oh, what's the consequences of that? And what have been the consequences of that? And wonder if I don't. You know. So, I think that's that. So I'll read my, that's my my piece, I'll read my poem to finish here again. The small crack before the flames ignited the world. Sitting close to the breath, a voice hesitant and trembling a little. Is there a choice here or is it just habit? bamboozled by a world turning too fast. It's such a small movement how life's marvels leads to this moment's hesitation. How easy our wings could catch fire or help us soar above this meditation hall. Oh yes, a small crack revealed, rising and floating in the midst of our own mind. Can't you tell the difference, sir, between being pulled into or being pushed away? Oh my, this slight stumble, caught again, entranced by this cycle of becoming, Weeds floating on the surface, 
knowing somehow the weeds keep producing themselves. This is about insight. Courageously studying the laws of grasping, befriending this truth of dependent origination. Knowing some days I wish I didn't or couldn't know. Yet, readiness for quiet, bringing me down to my knees, a moment where I don't choose liking or disliking, but sit in the center of longing without movement. The sky slowly begins to open. Recognizing that resting in that crack between worlds brings the blessings of an adult mind and the heart of a child held with ease. Freeing oneself, this bright mind illuminates this impermanent world. So let's just sit for a moment. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.